0: Don't be too quick to give up. Failures have a way of setting you up for later success in life. The author of The War of Arts, Stephen Pressfield, is one of the resilient mentors in this book who used failure as a stepping stone. Before becoming a renowned author, Stephen spent years dealing with failure in trying to get his books published. No matter how much effort and time he invested in writing his books, publishers weren't interested in them. Having been rejected by publishers for 15 years, Stephen decided to put a hold on things for a while, move to Hollywood and study screenwriting. Even though he still encountered some failures in his early days in Hollywood, this decision ultimately made him a pro in writing books and paved the way for the successes he's enjoying today. In life, we often discourage failure and by doing so we subtly discourage success. The truth is, failure is inevitable, life is full of obstacles and nobody ever gets to enjoy a smooth ride. Our role here is to get better at navigating those obstacles. Always see failure as an opportunity to learn something and get better. At the very least, failure makes you realize that there is something you aren't doing right and gives you the urge to improve. It is the failures you encounter in life that pave the way for a more successful future. According to tennis champion Maria Sharapova, losing sets you up for winning. The five-time Grand Slam winner and Olympic medalist believe that losing makes you think in ways victories can't. Indeed, when you lose or fail, at any point in life, you start to ask questions instead of feeling like you have the answers. And questions open up the doors to so many possibilities. It is in trying to find answers to your questions that you will ultimately discover how to turn those losses into victories. Rick Rubin is one of the most prominent figures in the music industry. He's worked with pop artists like Shakira, Adele, Cheryl Crow, Lana Del Rey, and Lady Gaga, as well as tons of other world-famous artists from different musical genres. Over the years, Rubin has produced dozens of award-winning albums. But in terms of dealing with failure, he had to learn the hard way. At the onset of his career, the first few albums he made were very, very successful. So, based on those early successes and being young, he assumed that's what happened every time. Then, the first time he had an album that was less successful, it was a really traumatic experience. It took a few more successful albums, and some unsuccessful ones, for him to understand that the success of a project quite often has nothing to do with the quality of a project. Sometimes great records flop commercially. And sometimes records that might not have been really artistically exceptional had great commercial success. Always have it in mind that there are so many elements that go into making something successful, all of which are out of your control. You're in control of making your project the best it can possibly be for you, but that is as much power as you have. You are powerless over most of what happens after that, you have no control over how people react to it. You can't make people like your project or whatever it is you have to offer. No matter how good and creative you are, there are bound to be some disappointments from time to time. The key to being a high achiever, and getting the best out of life is to learn how to turn disappointments around and use them to your advantage. See every hindrance you experience in life, every setback, as a chance to step up. Another important thing to know about failure is that real good failure gives you tremendous freedom. Once you've hit rock bottom, you can't fall further down, so there's nowhere to go but up. There's nothing left to lose, hence, you'll be able to freely express your ideas, do what you truly want to do. And, in doing what you truly want to do, you will find joy and unbounded freedom. No fear. Just tremendous happiness in the doing. In a nutshell, with each failure comes great opportunities. Instead of getting frustrated and giving up when you experience failure, figure out where you need to improve and take the necessary steps to avoid making such a mistake ever again. My most painful failures have been my best teachers because the pain prompted me to change. Tilda Ray Dalio. Great opportunities are seldom glaring, have an open-minded approach to life. Opportunities present themselves in many manners and many avenues, and most of us often find it difficult to realize a lot of these opportunities, let alone seize them. Whether you're in search of the best new job, client, partner, or new business opportunity, it is highly unlikely to fascinate you when you first see it. The truth is, the best opportunities may not even catch your attention at first. More often than not, great opportunities are not always attractive on the surface. According to entrepreneur and author Scott Belsky, what makes an opportunity great is the benefit it brings with it, which is often beneath the surface. If the potential benefits were so glaring and explicitly clear, the opportunity would have already been taken. Don't make important life decisions based solely on what you see and your previously held beliefs. You can't be a visionary or aspire to make great impacts in your society, or the world in general, if you anchor your decisions with what you see and know now. Stay flexible and be open to opportunities as they come your way. The only way to cultivate your own luck is to be more flexible, you might even need to give up something for the right opportunity. Approach life open-mindedly and cultivate awareness for the world around you. Most of us miss out on great opportunities simply because they don't fit into our pre-existing standards. It is surprising to see how lazy people are when making important and critical decisions about their careers. Don't join a team or start working for a company for what it is, but for what you believe you can help it become. As Scott Belsky put it, be a founder in the sense that you're willing and prepared to make something rather than just join something. In essence, life's greatest opportunities run on their own schedule, not yours. You must seize opportunities when they present themselves, not when they are convenient or obvious. Great opportunities never have great opportunity in the subject line, tilde Scott Belsky. To never get sucked into the wrong commitments, you have to keep saying no. One of the greatest problems for anybody who starts gaining success is they become crippled by opportunity, and saying no becomes imperatively important than saying yes. The more you become successful in your area of expertise and yourself as a prominent figure, the more people will clamor for your attention. Now, this usually happens when you are about to experience great professional growth and thinking becomes essential. This is when people will try to distract you from what is important by dumping all sorts of irrelevant requests on you. The truth is, saying yes is easy. Saying no is hard. It's our nature as humans to care about what people think about us and how they see us. This is why many of us find it extremely hard to say no. We don't want to disappoint people or make them angry, so they won't be critical of us. To keep your dreams alive and always get a sense of fulfillment after your days, you have to keep your commitments in check by constantly finding ways to say no. You have to learn how to politely say no to trivial tasks, in order to be able to focus on essential ones. According to co founder and ex CEO of Apple, Steve Jobs, focus isn't all about saying yes to the thing you've got to focus on. Focus actually means saying no to the hundred other good ideas that are available in order to focus on that one idea that is essential. You have to pick carefully. Never say yes out of obligation, or because you are afraid to hurt people's feelings. Doing too much out of obligation can deplete you. By the time you finished doing what you emotionally agreed to do, you will discover something else is already waiting for you. When all is said and done, there will be too little time left to do the things that matter to you. Just like all the people trying to get you to do something for them, you have 24 hours in a day. It's up to you to decide how to use them efficiently to work toward achieving your set goals. For instance, when the author was writing this book, which involved him interviewing over 130 of the world's most effective individuals, there were many instances where he was rejected. Even though most of these individuals were Tim's idol and acquaintances, they had to say no and politely declined his request for an interview because they couldn't fit it in their schedules. It turned out that some of those rejection letters were so well written and perfectly crafted, that he had to go back to ask these people who rejected him if he could include the letters in his book because there is a lot to learn from them. They rejected his proposal so politely that he actually admired them more than he did before. Learn to say things like, Oh, thanks for thinking of me in this context, but I'm currently not available. No, thanks. I've got other commitments. But good luck with the project. I'm sure it is going to be a really successful one. Go ahead and frame the sentences as you like. Find a polite way of saying no. You don't have to be rude, but try as much as possible to never get sucked into the wrong commitments. To make sure you are always committed to the right things, you can follow this advice from the chairman of Adventure Holdings Esther Dyson. Ask yourself, would I say yes if it were on Tuesday, because the day will come when it is on Tuesday, and you'll be saying, damn, why did I say yes to that? It's so easy to commit to things that are weeks or months out, when your schedule still looks clear. But you have to remember that one day, that distant future will be now, and the choices you make today will have shaped the choices you are able to make then. Whenever I am trying to decide whether to accept an invitation, I just pretend it is going to happen tomorrow morning. It is easy to say yes to something happening six months from now, but it has to be super fantastic to get me to go tomorrow morning. Tilda Kevin Kelly, co founder, Wired Magazine. Being busy is a decision, you only have time for what you make time for. We all have many ways of excusing ourselves from the things we don't want to do. And one of those ways is by saying, I just don't have the time, I'm too busy. You've probably used this line to sneak out of commitments times without number, and you find it really reasonable. But the question is were you really busy all those times you claimed you were? We now live in a society that sees being busy as one of the most justifiable excuses. It has become a norm to use the excuse, I am too busy, as a reason for not doing anything we don't feel like doing. The problem with this kind of mentality is this, if you keep justifying your excuses for not doing something important for any reason, you will never get it done. There is particularly one of Timothy Ferris mentors Debbie Millman who doesn't believe in too busy. The founder and host of Design Matters asserts that being busy is a decision. She believes that out of all the excuses people use to rationalize why they can't do something, the excuse, I am too busy, is the most inauthentic, as well as the laziest. Busy is a decision, Tilda Debbie Millman. And yeah, she's right. The problem is that most of us mistake being busy for being productive, without knowing they are not the same in any way. You need to know that doesn't mean business. You can be busy doing unimportant things while leaving the important ones untouched. The truth is, we do the things we want to do, and pass on things we'd rather not do. Whenever we say we are too busy to do something, it's a really subtle way of saying, it's not important enough. This implies that you would rather be doing something else that you deem more important. And most of the time, that something could be sleep, playing video games, hanging out with friends, or watching TV. If you use being busy as an excuse for not doing something, what you are saying, in essence, is that it's not a priority. Put simply, it's what you make time for, that you have time for. Instead of trying to find time to do something, endeavor to make time for it. This is the most productive approach. Set your priorities right and make time for the things that are of optimum importance. You can't let being busy stand in the way of doing something you really want to do, even if you are busy. Make the time to do the things you want to do, the essential things, and then get them done. Go get the freedom you crave, you have to lead a disciplined lifestyle. Freedom is something we all desire. Everybody wants to be physically free and mentally free. We want to be financially free and we want to have more free time for ourselves. But the question is, how exactly do we get this freedom? Where does freedom come from? Well, according to the author of Extreme Ownership, Jocko Willink, who is also one of Tim Ferris' mentors, the answer is discipline. Yes, leading a disciplined lifestyle is the only way we can truly be free. Discipline and freedom seem to be totally unrelated, and we all see both of them on the opposite side of the spectrum. But, in reality, they are very connected. We all want to be able to act and live as we want within the 24 hours we have in a day, we all crave freedom. And the only way to get that freedom is through discipline. For instance, if you want financial freedom, you have to implement long-term financial discipline in your life. We all want to be rich and financially independent, but not everyone is able to make the sacrifice. It takes discipline to stay faithful with your savings and cut back on expenses. It takes an even greater level of discipline to make long-term investments. If you want more free time, and always want to get the best of the 24 hours in each day, you have to develop and follow a more disciplined time management strategy. We live in an age of distractions. There are distractions all around us, everywhere we look, at home, at work, on our phones and computers. You need to consciously cultivate a disciplined habit, to be able to say a big no to things that consume your time without adding any value to your life. Furthermore, if you want to be physically free to move how you want, and to be free from many health issues caused by poor lifestyle choices, then discipline is the only way to go. You need to cultivate the discipline to stop eating junk, eat healthy food, and stick to an effective workout routine. Discipline and freedom go hand in hand because discipline is the only way to get the freedom we all crave. This is a simple, yet essential principle that applies to every aspect of life. If you want more freedom, cultivate a more disciplined habit. Discipline equals freedom. Tilda Jocko Willink. Think well before taking people's recommendations and advice regarding your career. The Tribe of Mentors is a book full of advice from highly successful individuals all over the world. But one thing Tim Ferriss made clear right at the onset of this book is that not all this advice will be useful for you. Only a small fraction of the tips from Tim's mentors will have a significant impact on your life, but most will never apply to your situation. The same goes for taking advice from people when it comes to your professional and personal life. Before you take people's advice on something, first think about how the advice really relates to your circumstances and who you are, and then decide whether or not to follow it. The truth is, people make recommendations and give advice based on what they think is safest for you, or based on their understanding of who you are and what you ought to be. They set invisible limits on how much you can achieve in your life and pass those limitations on to you inadvertently. So you have to be very careful not to let what other people think put a limit on how far you can go in life. For instance, when Daniel E.K. started working on creating Spotify, he got many recommendations from people, most of who thought the world didn't need a new music streaming platform. The most common piece of advice he got was that good things come to those who wait. Luckily for Daniel, he never even considered taking such advice because he believes good things come to those who work hard and never give up on their dream. In spite of everything people were saying about how difficult it would be for Spotify to be a successful project, Daniel persevered and never allowed what others thought to discourage him. Eventually, Daniel E.K. co-founded Spotify with Martin Lorentzon in 2006, and the platform has since turned out to be a huge success, with more than 140 million monthly active users. Daniel told Tim Ferriss that if he'd listened to all the good things come to those who wait people told him, Spotify would never have become anything more than an idea. In life, you'll get all sorts of advice from people, take more risks, don't be so hard on yourself, work harder. But before taking any recommendation, you have to evaluate whether it is appropriate to your situation or not. Indeed, some people need to take more risks, while others need to take fewer risks. Some people need to ease up on themselves, while others are already too self-forgiving. Some people need to work harder, while others are already on the edge of burnout. Generally speaking, some recommendations may be good, but that doesn't mean they are good for you. While other people may apply such advice and it changes their lives for good, it might send you farther down the deep if you follow it. You have to constantly improve your general judgment to be able to tell the difference between good and bad advice. And this involves not letting your emotions take the lead while making a decision. With the recommendation in mind, make an honest assessment of your situation even if the truth isn't flattering or convenient, your possible options, and the trade-offs involved. Doing this will let you see things very clearly and help you decide whether or not that good advice or recommendation is indeed good for you. Almost all advice given to writers by supposed experts is wrong. Because almost all of it tells the aspirant to engage in some kind of calculation about marketing before setting out to write. But it really makes no sense. So I always tell writers to follow their curiosity, obsessions, and fascinations, Tilda Brian Koppelman. Conclusion Things don't always go as planned, failure is inevitable. Life is full of obstacles and nobody ever gets to enjoy a smooth ride. Always see failure as an opportunity to learn something and get better, because failure makes you realize that there is something you aren't doing right and gives you the urge to improve. Remember, it is the failures you encounter in life that pave the way for a more successful future. Ultimately, focus on what's in front of you, learn to say no to trivial commitments, and have an open, minded approach towards life. Lead a disciplined lifestyle. Leading a disciplined lifestyle is the only way you can truly be free. This is a simple principle that governs every aspect of life. If you want financial freedom, you have to implement long-term financial discipline in your life. If you want more free time, you have to develop and follow a more disciplined time management strategy. If you want to be physically free to move how you want, and to be free from many health issues caused by poor lifestyle choices, cultivate the discipline to eat healthy and stick to an effective workout routine.